Hey there, We Can't Wrestle Podcast listeners. If you haven't noticed, we have switched our server to Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app, or go to anchor.fm to get started. Highly recommended by me and everybody else here at the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Hello, wrestling fans, and welcome to the We Can't Wrestle podcast, the modern product edition of the show. And um, just yesterday, we updated the classic edition of the show, which uh, we had a good show this past week, so go check it out. Some good conversation there. Um, if you haven't downloaded it yet, um, we cover quite a few different topics. Uh, Mount Rushmore of Heel World Champions, uh, some other different things. Uh, Nate and Kyle are here with you on the modern product edition of the show in snowy Ohio. Mm-hmm. Boy, it came down, didn't it? Yes, it did. All, all of a sudden, like, just okay. Well, it's 52 degrees at uh, 3 p.m., and at uh, 5 p.m., it is now snowy and 23, so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How about that? Thank you, Ohio weather. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. All right, so my first question I have for you before we get into anything uh, anything else from Raw, SmackDown, etc., is did you have you yet watched TakeOver Blackpool? Not yet. One of the best pay-per-views of the past couple of years, in my opinion. Was it? I saw that... Um... Finn Balor was there. He was, and, you know, I'm a mark for Walter. And uh, Walter is now in NXT UK. Really? Yes, he uh, appeared at the end of the show. Um, I just wanted to, I I don't want to do any spoilers. Well, I mean, I guess, (laughs) I guess I have to, since we're doing the show for you. It's still worth watching, even though I'm going to spoil some shit for you. Oh, it's already been spoiled for me. Um. You know, I, gotta, I mean, it, we live in the age now where if you don't watch something like within the first five minutes of it yeah. coming out, it's already done. Yeah. Spoiled. Your, your phone starts going. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was the, that's the other problem, too, with the WWE Network and all that. The app being on your phone, because mm-hmm. if you're anything behind. Yeah, it yeah. automatically comes up. It's like, oh, Seth <laughs> Rollins beat Dean Ambrose. You're like, God damn it. Jesus Christ. Um. What I will say about the um, the NXT show and this pay-per-view in general so far, the UK, is um, I, I, I'm a, I am a fan of Pete Dunne, and he has an excellent match with uh, Joe Coffey on this pay-per-view. Very good match. A little long, but very good. But my, fa- my favorite match on the pay-per-view actually has one of my, uh, probably the guy I'm the biggest mark for in NXT UK, and it's Dave Mastiff. Yep. That dude is fucking awesome. And actually, he has a hardcore match on that pay-per-view with a guy named Eddie Dennis, who I, I did not expect much of. Like, watching his promos and stuff, I was like, eh, I don't think I'm going to dig on this dude. He's really good, too. So that was actually my favorite match on the pay-per-view. Um, 
Mustache Mountain has a match. You're right. Finn Balor comes out uh, to face, uh, oh, I can't remember his first name. His last name's Devlin. Actually, his former protege. Um, but, yeah, I mean, overall, highly recommended show. Um, I would say anybody that has not seen it, you should take two and a half hours and watch it. You can tell that the – you can tell with NXT UK that the Triple H people are running it and not the Vince McMahon people. Um, very much, you know, it's it's – they haven't taken a British wrestling and tried to turn it into WWE wrestling. You know, it's, it's very much British wrestling. It's hard-hitting and – it has the WWE slick presentation because, you know, uh, Vince McMahon, no matter what's not going to accept less than that. Um, and I don't – I can't even remember the guy's name that commentates with Nigel McGuinness, but I'm not not a big fan of Nigel McGuinness's partner. But other than that, fantastic pay-per-view. I highly recommend it. Yeah, unfortunately, um, I have not gotten the chance to because – uh, this week was the those awesome games done quick for um, anybody that that listens to our show whether you're a fan of video games or not but basically what it was is that they do one uh, at the beginning of the year and one in summer they basically speed run games uh, they find glitches and stuff and what they do is they uh, do it for either doctors without borders or they do it for cancer research mm-hmm and I think this this time around they raised over two million. Damn, fantastic! Oh, absolutely, yeah. So, like I said, usually when that's on, that's what my focus has been on. And because I mean, with the network and stuff, and then with Hulu, I can watch. Yeah, you can watch your WWE stuff anytime. Yeah. So yeah, I have not had a chance to watch it just yet, but. Yeah, I'm definitely, definitely going to be checking it out. I definitely recommend it. If you, if you, this week, if you find yourself only having two and a half hours to watch wrestling, I would watch that show. So, so I guess other than that, we'll start off with the All Elite Wrestling press conference. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris, what a press conference it was. Chris Jericho has signed with All Elite Wrestling. Um, I, it's a big get for them. And I think getting somebody like Jericho proves that the, um, I always forget the guy's name. Cough is, no, that's the ROH guy. I always forget the guy's name who's the money guy for AEW. But um, Jericho being a part of that company and those guys spending that money on Jericho, I think proves... It, beyond a shadow of a doubt that they're they're serious about making this work. Um, you know, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure Jericho could have got a really good deal from a new, good new deal from New Japan or a de- good deal from WWE. Um, so if they're giving him enough money to join them, I mean that's that's serious. Yeah. <sighs> I think it's also very interesting that we are seeing um, this is not only is it Jericho, but we have um, um, Neville mm-hmm. that showed up. Pac. Is well, yeah, he's, yeah, he's Pac now. But T- Tony Khan is the guy's name. It just came to my brain. Tony Khan is the owner. But anyway, yes. 
I mean, you have, of course, you know, there's, I mean, the, the wrestling business has been, uh, news has been, you know, rumors and everything that we've heard mm-hmm. everyone from Enzo More and <laughs> Big cast to, well, we know, um, we know, uh, we know Cody and the Bucks. Yep. We know Chris Jericho. We know Pac. Um, the what, what I think is interesting is they really truly don't know anything about Omega yet, Kenny. No, and I mean I, I've heard, I've heard New Japan, New Japan offered him some fat cash to re-sign with them, and he turned them down. I heard WWE ret- offered him some fat cash, and there's no word on that yet because I mean there's. The, especially this time of year, being at WrestleMania season, there's always rumors flying around. And one of the rumors flying around is he's going to be a mystery entrant in the Royal Rumble. But I don't know that I put too much stock in that. I, I don't know. I know Adam Adam Page, who I'm a big fan of, Hangman Adam Page, is going to be part of AEW. Yep. Well, and what's interesting is, according to the reports, now again, it's, it's rumor and it's not proven or whatever because again all it is is rumor but i mean the the numbers thrown out there for for the elite to come to wwe mm-hmm. for you know the young bucks and everything else it's a pretty big penny yeah yeah and i i, I think that well first of all i think that um i <clears throat> sorry now granted he wouldn't have been he wouldn't have been able to. He may not have been able to make the impact had he never been in WWE. But let's let's say Cody had never been in WWE. Let's say Cody never had to deal with the environment of the WWE, the politics of the WWE. That being said, say Cody and the Bucks had risen to this point without Cody's knowledge of what it's like on the inside. I think they would have been more likely to take the deal. It's almost like. To me, I think Cody probably talked the Bucks down from a deal, if that makes sense. Cause oh yeah, Cody. Cody's kind of—I don't want to say bitter. I, I've never—I've never looked at him as bitter. He doesn't—he doesn't really. I don't know. He—he—if he is bitter to me, he doesn't come off as bitter. He just comes off as a guy who says, "I'd rather do my career without them." Maybe you're maybe not bitter, but I think he's definitely one of those guys. that's like you know what? I mean, like, he's, it, he's salty, and I would I, there. There he's got a lot of he's got a lot of his dad in him. Well, that and he has he has he's one of those few guys because a lot of guys when they leave WWE or they're not with WWE and they're salty, you're just like oh, you're just bitter, you know. But the reason I say I don't think he's bitter is because he actually has a case for being a little salty in a couple of areas. First of all, he's a really good talent, and to an extent he got misused. But also, it is kind of bullshit that they won't let him use the Rhodes name. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, just, what the fuck? <laughs> just let the guy use his dad's show name. You know what I mean? What's the big deal? Well, but and I understand that he that Vince bought WCW and the rights to WCW and everything else, but for love of God... It's right. like, yeah. you know, let him. I always it's, I would, Co- it's Cody Rhodes. Like it's not. Mm-hmm. I've always thought it was one of the, one of the more 
more juvenile things WWE's done. I understand some of the things they do as far as protecting copyrights and things like that. I get it. You know, you you don't want... Um, well, let's say... And I'm just going to use this as an example. But you don't want... Um, if Elias left WWE today... He wouldn't be able to go. He wouldn't be able, probably, to go to any other televised company and call himself Elias. And I understand that because WWE has created a character. They've created a, an, an intellectual property, and they've given him said intellectual property to play this character. And the way they work today, that's how WWE works. So I can see where they would say, "Well, you shouldn't be making money off something we created." However. The Rhodes name was the Rhodes name before the WWE ever even had a hold of it, you know. Right, and then the other problem too is even if Elias left, bro, don't matter what you call him anywhere else, everyone's gonna refer to him as Elias. Right. <laughs> like, I mean, it's like not you, you know. Eugene goes as like capital U, G E E N or something like that. I mean, he's still called Eugene, but he spells it differently, you know. It's it's silly the things they have to do, but I mean, it, I don't know. I don't get it. Like I said, it it makes no sense whatsoever because you know it's just like AJ Styles. You know, I, granted we haven't seen his contract or anything else, mm-hmm. but but like with CM Punk, it's like they tried to fight him on that, and it's like no, nah, I was this before that, right? And I, that's my point is I don't think. I, I I agree with WWE if they created an I an intellectual property and they created that gimmick, then yes, they should be able to have the ownership of it. You know, you you wouldn't um uh, at the time that Married with Children was on the air, if Ed O'Neill had a fight with Fox and went to another show and tried to pay Al but try to play Al Bundy on another show, it would be within Fox's right to sue his ass because that's their character. But AJ Styles was AJ Styles before WWE. You know, the Rhodes name was the Rhodes name before WWE. Um, like you said, CM Punk. So to me, there's a fine line. If WWE created it, uh, example, Edge. Edge should never be able to go to AEW or... TNA and call himself Edge. Nope. Because WWE created that character. He would need to be Adam Copeland or whatever he'd want to call himself. So that that's what I'm saying. It's a different it's a different thing with Cody. I think it's bullshit what they've done not letting him use his dad's name. I know we got off the AEW topic kinda there, but it just made me think of that. Um Well no, but because it is silly. It's 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 really silly that you know, it's like so what, he's just he's just Cody. Right. And it but yet here's what I don't get. His wife, Brandy Rhodes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she can use the fucking Rhodes for Brandy Rhodes, but she can't use it for Yeah. Because they're fucking petty. <laughs> they they really can be petty. Like, I don't know. Just I don't know. It's sometimes sometimes I, I, I sometimes I fall wholeheartedly in WWE's bucket and sometimes I just wanna you know tear my hair out because they just piss me off um 
I don't. They haven't made any announcements as far as television goes for this company or anything like that. There's rumors going around about the Turner, the Turner channels. There's rumors going around about WGN. Uh, wouldn't it be interesting if Turner got back into the wrestling business? I mean, it wouldn't be Ted Turner anymore. It's not owned by Ted Turner. But all those years ago, they said WCW was too low brow for their network, and that's why they canceled it. Yeah, because you know what they've got on their shows now is. Just- Fucking highbrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's what they got on their neck. It's real fucking highbrow right now. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I mean, we don't know TV. Be, I know they're doing... They're, it'd be nice to see wrestling back on 605. Yeah. <laughs> they're doing... I know they're doing at least two pay-per-views this year. They're doing one in Vegas, and I forget where the other one's going to be. But they are they do definitely have two pay per views. I assume the first pay per view might be probably the launch of the company. I would think, you know. Um Because I've heard it's double or nothing or Yeah, yeah. Instead of all in it's double or nothing. It's the yeah. And I think I'm I'm assuming that they won't have T V before that. But the being the elite show proves that Cody and the Bucks know how to utilize YouTube and the internet. So that may be how they, they started up. I mean, and in today's environment, would, would, a, would a streaming show be all that out of the realm of possibility? You know? Right. I don't, I, I, I'm, well, not, I'm, not in the, I'm not in the business. And I think they're smart. Right. I think it's smart that they are like with Kenny Omega, don't I'm, I'm sure he's going to sign with all league. Mm-hmm. If I had to, if I had to put money down on it, I would say that yeah, because the way they have played out the, um, well, did you watch the thing where like all their phones were synced for the announcement of all league? Yeah, and then Kenny Omega couldn't find his phone, and then it was. <laughs> It was outside and it went off and everything. They're smart. They know because people are going to be like, "Oh, is he going to sign with WWE? Is he going to sign with All Elite?" It brings people to attention to exactly. AEW. Exactly. So it's smart. Just wait and let people let people uh, let people have some anticipation. <laughs> You know, and use that use yep. that use that WWE speculation to your to your advantage. Uh, the other the other talents that I was just looking here because I knew there was a talent that uh, or talents that I forgot about. SoCal Uncensored has left Ring of Honor. Uh, Frankie Kazarian, Christopher Daniels, and Scorpio Sky they are going to be part of AEW. Um. MJ Friedman, Joey Janela, and Penelope Ford, which MJ Friedman is uh, from MLW, which you know I watch MLW. That guy's really good. Joey Janela is – I'm not a big fan of Joey Janela. He's one of those guys that throws himself through things he doesn't need to be thrown through, you know, like that kind of a guy. Um, just a stunt kind of fuck. That, But he's a name. And he is, yeah. So I'm not I'm – not, no, I'm, yeah, I'm, just... I'm not at all saying they shouldn't grab as many as much talent as they can. Um, let me see here, Vegas. We we knew the uh, Vegas. Oh, Jacksonville, Jacksonville, Florida is where the second pay per view is going to be. Um, okay. 
That was that one. No date or name was given, but the portion of the portion a portion of the proceeds will be going towards victims of gun violence from that show. So, and then uh, yeah, the announcement of Chris Jericho. So that was most of what came out of that press conference. So a little taste, a little bite. I just my biggest thing is there's two things I hope don't happen with this show, with this company. The first is. I hope that they try to differ their programming from WWE because you've got, you know, ring of honor. I'm a fan of ring of honor, but I I've been less of a fan of ring of honor lately. TNA or impact or whatever the fuck they're called. Now they all are just like they, they're, they've just become lesser versions of WWE. They all pretty much do what WWE does, but say they don't. Um, and I hope that, that these guys with the AEW have something different in mind. Um, the other thing I hope they don't do is because during the press conference, Tony Khan said wins and losses are going to be important, which is good, but I don't, I, I want, I want wrestling to get back to, uh, definitive personalities, and promos, and good angles. Everything the past, what, 10 years, it seems like the big focus is work rate. Well, these guys had a great match. Well, yeah, anybody can have... Not anybody can... I don't want to put it that way. I don't want to say that. Not anybody can have a good match. But what I'm saying is, if you just throw a great match on TV, okay, that's fine, but where's my emotional investment? Exactly. I mean, that's the thing about it, is that, again... And I hate to say it uh, time and time again, but, you know, if it came down to work rate, if it was about, if that's all it was, was about who could have a good match, mm. then you would have fucking, Dean Malenko would have been the greatest star in the in the wrestling world. Right. You right. know, Chris Benoit would have been a bigger star than what he was. Mm-hmm. I mean, WWE could have, should have held, held their hat on him being world champion. The fact is, that's not what wrestling is about. No, there's. A I've re- been watching, um, and I know I'm not trying to get off subject. Oh no, this is no. a modern product, but I've been watching the kayfabe commentaries uh, that she interview with Al Snow. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen it yet or not. I haven't seen that one. No, it's really good. He, like he said, and he makes a good point because they ask him. Somebody says, "Oh, we heard you want to say someone's." He's like, "We well, heard you say one time that." The best match at WrestleMania three was Hogan Andre. Did you mean that you meant Savage and Steamboat? He said, "What was the draw?" Right, exactly. He's like, they're like, it was Hogan Andre. That's what made the best. That was the best wrestling match on that show mm-hmm. because it's not about work rate and everything else. Right. Well, it's about what the draw is. And even to that extent, you just brought up Dean Malenko. There's a reason that although, although. I would say, personally, that their styles were very similar. There's there's a reason that Brett and Owen Hart captured my imagination more than Dean Malenko and Chris Benoit. Because Brett and Owen Hart mixed not only fantastic wrestling, but they had personality. They had developed characters. They could cut promos. Um, you know, I mean, 
it's and I'm not I'm not knocking Dean Malenko. I will not Chris Benoit because he's a murdering fucking prick. But uh, uh, I'm not knocking Dean Malenko at all for what for what he was on the program he was. But like you said, you know, there's a reason that Dean Malenko was never world, a world champion, but Bret Hart was. Although their styles are very similar. Exactly. I mean, it's same with Chris like, Chris Jericho. You know, there's a reason Chris Jericho and Eddie Guerrero rose above those other guys that they were in contention with that, that we're all kind of on the same level as far as work rate goes. But, you know, Chris Jericho and Eddie Guerrero came up because they had the whole package. They were entertainers as well. Right. That's what people, when people shit talk, you know, WCW and the and eight ninety seven like all their main events were horrible, which they weren't very good. <laughs> yeah. I can admit that. But the thing was, that's not what it was about. It didn't matter. It didn't matter if Piper Hogan had a shit match. Because guess what? You knew they sold. They sold the entire concept on Piper versus Hogan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you were going to get your good stuff in the... Yeah. Essentially, what WCW's formula was for about two years was let's get... Let's use let's use established names like Hulk Hogan, Roddy Piper, Randy Savage that might be over the hill, but let's get them to be the ones to draw people into the building. And before those guys start going out, we will put out guys that are going to give them good wrestling matches too. And I think that it was a decent formula because if you think about it, you have this crowd that is possibly not, what do I want to say? They would possibly not be into that main event had the rest of the show been a shitty match. But if you have really good wrestling on the undercard, and then you give me Hogan and Piper, well, now I'm looking at Hogan and Piper as an attraction, and I'm okay with it. Exactly. I mean, the thing is that you know, Hogan and Warriors. That's the big one. Hogan and Warrior. Everyone talks about how horrible Hogan was. Fucking train wreck. Oof. It was terrible. <laughs> but look else you had behind that. You had Goldberg versus Page. You had, you know, it wasn't so much about the main event. It was, that's what sold the show. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. With wrestling and stuff, you know, there's a reason why John Cena is still the number one guy. So, yeah, I mean, uh, sometimes the top of the card can be what you would classify as a shitty wrestling match. And, like, like we were saying, I mean, it's not all about work rate. That was my point. You know, it. I, I don't want them as a wrestling company to focus. I, I don't, I don't, I don't want them to not have good matches, but I just don't want because that's what ring of honor, why I've kind of a little bit lost interest is it seems like instead of developing good characters, they're just giving me a TV show full of good, really good 20 minute matches 
but I'm not invested in the characters, you know? No, and that's, and I think when people say that they miss the attitude here, it's because they, it's the fact that everybody had something going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not so much the bullshit, the stupid storyline, everything else that, you know, like I said, I, I have a personal disdain for the attitude error because of some of the stupid shit they did. Mm-hmm. But I cannot deny, if you watch the 98 Royal Rumble, everybody's over. Right. And they, they, the, to me, the worst year was 99 for that mm-hmm. um, until they got rid of Russo. And then, you know, you watch, you watch the very end of 99 and then into 2000. 2000 is a really good year, you know, because you have, you can tell Vince McMahon took the reins back as far as storytelling goes, but you still have well-developed characters. Almost everybody has a storyline and 70% of the matches were good matches. So, I mean, hopefully AEW, if I could say anything, would be able to capture some of that magic, have a nice balance. And I mean, I, I hope they do well. I when when Impact started, I hoped they did well. A competition's good for the business, but their show is garbage. It has been for years, and I don't know. Yep. I I just I ho- I hope more for this new organization, and I hope it does well. And I have high hopes, and I hope that they don't dash my hopes. I, I'd love to see a new wrestling war. 20 years later, I would love to see a new wrestling war because as the attitude era or the Monday night war era proves competition is what's best for us wrestling fans. When the, when the companies are competing at a high level with each other. Yeah. Now I don't think that you're going to see one, one ever, you know, WWE versus, AEW. I think you're going to see a multitude of different uh, talents and things all for that number one spot. Me too. Me too. And and that's a good thing. It's a very good thing. It'll be good for us as fans. So I guess, let's see, we're at about the 30-minute mark. We'll take our middle-of-the-show break. And when we return, we'll talk about the happenings of the week in WWE. The progression, the progress toward the Royal Rumble and the beginning of WrestleMania season. Um, I have a few things to say about, especially about Raw this week. So, I think... I've got some, I've got some things to do and a bit, I kind of want to have a discussion with you on a certain NXT star. Okay. All right. Sounds good. We'll take a quick break. We'll come right back after this with more of the modern product edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. All right, wrestling fans, welcome back to the modern product edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. 
Nate and Kyle here with you, and uh, don't forget to check out our Facebook page and uh, like and share on there and let people know. I know we had some uh, we have some new listeners this week. I noticed we had some increase in our Facebook likes and in our listenership. So thank you for joining the cult of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. And um, also be sure to check out the classic wrestling editions of the show with our ever so humble co-host, my brother, Aaron. So humble. Yeah. He, <laughs> he's humble. Like the shunk. Um, real quick, you want to do uh, that quick shout out about that uh was the golden boy? Oh yes, Jerry Gray. Um I posted another another link to his GoFundMe on our Facebook page tonight. Go to our Facebook page and uh, click on the GoFundMe link for Jerry Gray. Great pro wrestler, great storyteller. Great guy, and uh, he's battling stage four cancer. Um, he's in very bad shape right now. Uh, lost his house to his medical bills and uh, all kind of different things. He's been in and out of the hospital, so every single penny counts. And this isn't one of those GoFundMe's where you're throwing to some dirt bag or somebody who's just looking to make a buck. This guy is really in trouble, and as far as the wrestling business goes, he is a treasure, and uh, we want you to... Um, to contribute to Jerry Gray's GoFundMe. Any amount helps uh, with his medical bills and stuff. And fuck Jake the Snake Roberts. There we go. So, all right. So, WWE this week, um, the biggest thing that stood out to me in WWE television this week was, I don't know how they did it, but somehow, someway, WWE has managed to ruin Braun Strowman. <laughs> He's amazing, isn't it? He stood in that ring this week like a fucking dildo. Uh, he looked like a fucking idiot. I, I I don't know any other way to say it. It's not his fault. It's not his fault. It was. It's the way that. It's the way they wrote it. It's the way they booked it, and it's the way they book Lesnar. You know, and and it just it's. I I think that that part of it comes from the fact that. You know, Roman Reigns had to step away, and that changed a lot of things because he had some steam going with his heel turn, although he had just turned face like not more than six months. So he was on his way to being the next big show, um, turning any way the wind goes, but at least he still had some heat. Going into the Rumble, I don't feel any heat on Braun Strowman at all. No, and it's it's sad because, again, it's like... They're not doing him any favors. No. I mean... I'm, I'm sorry, but you know what? In my personal opinion, <clears throat> there's a reason why Brock Lesnar doesn't talk. Because mm-hmm. he can't talk. And, again, there's a reason why, lo and behold, they had fucking managers... Back in the day. Because, you know, I'm sorry, but, you know... Hercules, fucking Hercules <laughs> Hernandez couldn't really fucking talk. Right. You know, Bing John Stun really couldn't talk. The only time Lesnar's really good in a promo, like he is, I think he's really effective when they do those sit-down style promos with him. Right, and that's you what know? they should have done here. If that's what they were going to have them both come out, don't. Why are you playing this game with people like, oh, Lesnar may not really be here. Right. 
it's like just have them have a sit down contract signing. It doesn't help that Lesnar. It doesn't help that they do the same thing with Brock over and over and over again. They never shake it up at all. It's always the same shtick, you know. And that works, or that worked four years ago when it was still fairly fresh. That that would work if he wasn't the champion. If you just if you you almost it's at this point. Brock Lesnar, first of all, he needs to be rehabbed. Um, he needs to go away for after WrestleMania because you know he's going to retain at Rumble, and he's supposed to. The, the rumor is right now he's facing Seth at WrestleMania. Seth, if Seth beats him at WrestleMania, I say cool him off, take him off TV for a year. So now here's my question to you, and I agree 100 percent with you. I think I think they need to they need to have Brock go away. I think Brock needs to become what Undertaker was. Right now, here's my question to you. Okay, so if Brown loses and mm-hmm. he loses in clean, and then Seth goes and beats him, what is, what does that say about Braun? Right. No. Yeah, Braun Strowman after <sighs> over a year with Lesnar not getting a win after the. I mean, to be honest, uh, this is before Roman's uh, Roman's leukemia. I thought it was a mistake at SummerSlam for Braun not to cash in and win the title. I mean, to me, the minute the minute he started losing his heat was when they did that. Braun Strowman should have walked out of SummerSlam the champion. After that, I don't care what you do. You, you know, if you want to put the title on Roman two months later, whatever. Then, but Braun still got his heat. It, that that to me, that SummerSlam deal was the beginning of the end for him. And mm-hmm. then, and then. The, it's been impossible to heat him back up, especially since Roman's gone and he had to turn face and et cetera, et cetera. And I don't know. I just, there's to me. And the funny thing is it's going to be, it's going to be one of those things. I think after mania, Seth wins the title. Seth beats, Seth's the one that beats Brock. And I think Strowman, unfortunately, is done. Like he was going to be one of their bigger stars of the past, you know, 15 years. And I think you're going to see him fall by the wayside as one of those comedy giants. And then, then he's going to be gone and then they're going to blame him. Yep. (laughs) I mean, it's the same thing with Baron Corbin. Now I know Baron Corbin doesn't, you know, I have, I have 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 a disdain for Baron Corbin. So everything is his fault in my mind. As a matter of fact, the downfall of WCW in 2001 is the fault of Baron Corbin. <laughs> but no, I mean, I, but I see... Roman getting leukemia is fucking... <laughs> I see what you're saying, though, because they did that to Baron Corbin. Ratings have been in the tank because of their shitty booking. So as a storyline, they blamed Baron Corbin. And then they go, oh, well, you know, oh, it's not it's not our fault. It's, it, it, it's, 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 it's fucking it's baron corbin he's yeah, horrible terrible general manager it's like n- n- no that's not <laughs> that's yeah. not what it was it they, was they the did they that... they although i do not like him at all they did that motherfucker dirty <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes i absolutely it, it agree just blows you away <laughs> so what about um what about 
Where do you see Cena going for WrestleMania? Well, so this is what I was going to wanted to talk about. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard the the rumor or if you saw the the thing about Lars Sullivan. I did hear that. That apparently Lars Sullivan was um, set to take on John Cena at WrestleMania. But apparently when they started to kind of, I don't know if they were supposed to start kind of building towards it or what, but apparently uh, Lars Sullivan has um, anxiety, anxiety attacks. Huh. That's not something you want to And do. so now they're not sure. Yeah, I was going to say, that's not something you want to have when you're uh, performing in front of 90,000 people at WrestleMania against John Cena. And the and the story is, is that, you know, I guess from what I've heard or read is that they're not mad at him. Right. At Lars Sullivan, they're, they're looking at it as like, this is a true mental illness and that, hey, maybe we need to be more open to mental illness in the WWE. I, I'm not a big fan of his anyway. So I, I, I don't, I, I would like, there, there are two programs that I would like to see John Cena have before he leaves. Um, I, I mean, I was under the assumption that because of the foible from last year and all the shit they did last year, I thought that we were set. I thought they were setting up for a two-year program between Cena and Undertaker. See, that's because what I thought too. Last year was just it almost it didn't seem like it didn't seem like anything but a setup for the next year. So, I mean, and that's still a possibility. You can Hold also. On. I'm going to bring up this story real quick. Okay. So go ahead and you could also do do Cena. <coughs> if, if Triple H is hurt, you could theoretically do Cena Batista. Um, depending on what they have, they, we we all know that I would prefer they did Batista and, and Daniel Bryan again because I think Batista's heated up now. You know, he's popular enough now where he could face a Daniel Bryan and that could be a money match. Uh, but you could do another Cena Batista match. But I wanted um just briefly to. Um, bring up a possible program that I thought of for Cena, and this would require them actually signing somebody, and I don't know if they're right. going to or not. But I think that it would be really cool because of their friendship outside the ring and people know about it. The guy's still young enough where you could sign him. He's still talented enough where you could get a couple of years out of him even after a Cena program. But how cool would it be to bring back Brodus Clay to feud with John Cena. Oh, man. Like a big, there's, mean, there's, heel Brodus Clay. There was a time, way back when, when I thought Brodus Clay was the next big thing. Mm-hmm. And then he became the Funkasaurus, and that was all out the window. <laughs> yeah. Not that, right, that so this... I mean, that gimmick was fun and everything, but it wasn't money. Right. Now, this is according to the Wrestling Observer. So, this is Dave Meltzer... And for all you can say about Dave Meltzer and his star ratings and all that, uh, he is pretty good at, you know. Getting the scoop. Yeah, so it says this past week, Wrestling Observer reported that the latest call-up from NXT, Lars Sullivan, was scheduled to compete in a match on Monday's Raw from Orlando. Apparently, he either did not turn up to a building or left 
before his bout with reason being given as an anxiety attack. After working through his issues with WWE management, Sullivan's work match was instead rescheduled for Tuesday's Smack, SmackDown from Jacksonville, Florida. Unfortunately, he again missed the show and was said to have flown back home in Colorado. Prior to this week's double no-show, Sullivan had been slated for a WrestleMania 35 match with John Cena. The plans are now believed to be under reconsideration. It's like Heidenreich. Like when Heidenreich yeah. left and just went back to New Orleans or whatever. So, I mean, you know, Milanus is a touchy subject, but, I mean, this is WWE we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you've no-showed twice now, I can't see that being good for right. Lars Sullivan. I mean, you know, it is you know it is sad that he has anxiety attack. But again, and this is what I'm going to say when it comes to anything with mental illness. And I can say it because I, I have it, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll be the first one to openly admit when I was younger I had ADHD. Um, I have a mood disorder. Guess what? I take medication for it. The answers are out there. Right. And if... And I'm not saying he is or isn't, but if he's not getting the help he needs or whatever the case might be, I'm a big proponent of mental illness. I understand, okay? But the point is, is that those people who suffer from depression, and I've suffered from depression, but there's help out there. And if you don't get it and then you just use the crutch, well... I, it's hard for me to have sympathy for you. Right. And WWE should be, I'm sure they are, because they, they actually, you know, people say people can say what they want about WWE, and, and if you're talking about the 80s or the 90s, you're probably right as far as wrestlers' health care and everything. And yes, they don't provide insurance. The funny thing is, a lot of the um, haters like to bring up the fact that WWE doesn't provide insurance. And I understand where people are coming from because they do provide insurance for office workers. They do provide insurance for TV production. They do. The only people they don't provide insurance for are uh, wrestlers. However, if you're under WWE contract and you have to have a surgery, WWE fits the bill for that surgery. Right. So I'm sure that, yes, you know, yes, you're not insured, but for major things, you're not taking on the cost for it. And I'm sure if Lars Sullivan wants to seek help and he wants to get help, they're going to pay for him to get help. You know, I mean, they're, they're, they're invested in this person. They're not just going to let him suffer. Right. Well, and here's the thing, you know, again, and I know people, excuse me, there's a big difference between somebody who is an office worker and somebody who is, a independent contractor. And I understand that, you know, that that's a big thing where people are like, Oh, well, it's not really, but the fact is that you Enzo Amore, if I'm not mistaken, a lot of medical plans, they, you have to have them for like so many years. Right. Or it's once a year. So what happens if Enzo Amore comes in, gets signed, he gets a medical, you know, this medical insurance. And then two months into it, he leaves. Mm-hmm. So what now WWE's just got to foot the bill for insurance on Enzo until, until a year later. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so much and not to mention, I'm sure it costs a pretty penny for somebody getting slammed to the fucking mat every night. Right. 
It ain't cheap. <laughs> you know, so. But like I said, I mean, if you if you incur injuries or anything like that in a ring where you work for them, you don't pay for the surgery anyway. They do. So. Right. Yeah, I don't and know. And they get paid pretty good, pretty damn good money. Yeah. I'm sure they get paid a hell of a lot more than what the, you know, the office workers get paid. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, just, just look up how much they're getting paid. <laughs> You'll see. It's, it's like, a, it's you a, know, it's a pretty penny. Yeah. I mean, c- come on, you know, especially when you have everything else being taken care of travel and, mm-hmm. and lodging and stuff and everything else. I mean, it ain't, you know, other, other than um, other than my thing about Brodus Clay, which is absolutely a pipe dream, pipe dream that's never going to happen for John Cena, um, with the Lars Sullivan thing being out of the picture, the other one that I said because I said I had two um, for him because he real is, quick. Oh sure. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Just one other thing I wanted to bring up real quick before I forgot. Uh, they also have the fucking doctor. Yeah. Yeah. That's on, there. Mm-hmm. All the time. On on call. And I'm sure it don't cost anything to go see him. So, <laughs> again, it's... But anyways, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, the other thing that I, ha- that I was thinking of for Cena, and I don't know why I've been thinking about Cena for Mania this year so much, but it's just because he hasn't been a, he hasn't been a regular now for a while. Now I kind of look at him as... as when, it, when WrestleMania season comes around, I'm like, ooh, what do they got for Cena? You know? But other than uh, Brodus, which would not happen, the other thing that I thought of was Cena in a position at Mania against either Aleister Black or Johnny Gargano. Hmm. And actually, the first one I thought of was Aleister Black, but then I got to thinking about it. It was like, how cool would it be to have Mr. Wrestling... You know, Johnny Wrestling versus John Entertainment. You know, I mean, if you would really let Johnny Gargano let loose on promos and let Cena let loose on promos on him, how cool would that be? I mean, I just think, I think that could be a great, a great program going into Mania. I think you're right. And it it, it probably won't happen, but I'm just saying. (laughs) Yeah, well, unfortunately, I think you're right, but... I think that the. I mean, like Johnny Gargano, he's ready. I mean, oh God, he's been ready. You know, he he was ready when he signed, um, but I I don't know because I think I I think the best thing for both NXT and Tommaso Ciampa right now is for Ciampa to stay in NXT. Yeah, he's, he's not. He's he's become he's kind of become the face of that brand, like Finn Balor did for a while, and like Kevin Owens did for a while. Where I don't think it's time for him. Although he would be, I mean, he would be an excellent addition to the main roster. There's no doubt. As far as NXT goes, I don't think it's time for him to go yet. No, I mean it's it's time for him to kind of go up against you know because you've got in NXT. I mean, you've got Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, Adam Cole. Velveteen Dream. Dream. Yes, which I've become a huge Velveteen Dream fan. I was a fan of him when he was um, uh, fucking something Patrick was his name. He was just like a NXT kind of jobber. 
I was a big fan of him. And I remember Aaron going, oh, he fucking sucks. And now Aaron's, <laughs> and now Aaron's a mark for him, too. So, um, yeah, that dude, who, who thought all it would take is for him to, you know, essentially become his... essentially become Prince. But I mean, well, yeah. it, it's great. It's, it, he does a great job with the gimmick. Um, but he, basically, he is a homosexual wrestler that's not, you know, outrageous. It's like a twenty. It's like a twenty eighteen gold dust. Yes, but without the you know, mm-hmm. the the heat getting right, right. Which I mean, and, and it makes sense because you know, you twenty years on or twenty four. Tw- God damn, gold dust was twenty four years ago. Mm-hmm. Jesus, I'm old. Anyway, um, with now that now that Americans or s- society society other than you know Alabama have <laughs> have if we have any listeners in Alabama, I'm sorry because we don't have a listener. Sorry, Conrad Thompson. Yeah, sorry, we <laughs> roll tide. Um, but. Because it's become because people have wisened up and aren't so stupid about homosexuality. Yes, your homosexual characters are going to be portrayed differently than Goldust. And you know, to WWE's credit, a lot of people criticized them back then, but they never said Goldust was gay. It was androgynous, and and they made it very clear that it was probably mind games. Right. So, well, and here's the thing. Again, it's it's. It's opening the door mm-hmm. to not only do you have a black athlete who is, uh, you know, on top of the world, but it's a gay black athlete. Right. So it opens the door for people to sit there and see themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it, it just it's it's brilliant. It's it's a really good character. And that's another character that I hope. There's so many guys in NXT right now, like the Undisputed Era, Velveteen Dream, Tommaso Ciampa. I, I, I honestly hope that they just stay there for like two more years because maybe, just maybe, by then, Vince will be focused on the NX or the NXL, the NXL, XFL. the XFL, and not bring them up to the main roster and destroy them. You know. And I'm going to give this to, uh, I'm going to give this to Triple H, okay? Because the fact is that just when you think you're like, oh, there's no way that they could compete with the roster they had two years ago, he somehow does it. Yeah, it just when it, it, you're right, they raid NXT, and then you're like, oh God, what are they left with? And then he takes what they're left with and he makes it something fantastic again, and. If that's the future of WWE, then WWE has a really bright future. People can say what they want about Triple H, but that dude is a smart man when it comes to the wrestling business. And, I mean, he knows what the fans want. And when Vince finally gives up the goat and or croaks, I think I think Triple H is the guy that's going to bring greatness back to the business. I really do. I think that his philosophy is going to work. Um, and I hope it. I hope the shit changes before that because, like we were talking about on the last episode, the whole Fox thing 
and then now you've got another wrestling promotion starting up with a billionaire backing it up. I mean, 2019, especially in the back half of the year, is going to be really fucking interesting. I think 2020 is going to be an amazing year for wrestling. Oh, it's it's still a year away, but with all the stuff that's going to happen this year with AEW getting started, getting whatever they get for television, starting their pay-per-views, and then WWE moving to Fox, so having that pressure from Fox to be on their A-game and having this upstart promotion kind of nipping at their heels. And I, I think I think 2020 is, I hope, 2020 is going to be another 1997-98. Yep. Well, and here's the thing. There is, there's talent down there now that, you know, again, if it was me and I was working there, I don't know. I think there's some guys that I would want to, I would want to work with, like Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle's really good. I was, I was a very, I mean, I was a very big fan of his work for about, I don't know. I think I caught on to Matt Riddle about a year ago. Um, right. And I was, I was a big fan of his work. To be honest with you, when I was watching him, I didn't think he'd ever sign with WWE. I didn't think they'd ever sign him. He no. Just, he didn't seem like, he didn't seem like he would be somebody they would be interested in. Even though he's really good. To me, he just didn't seem like somebody they'd be interested in. So when they signed him, I was like, damn, that's cool. Yeah, but think about it. The the fresh matchups, I mean, you know, yes, again, it, it, like with Shinsuke and with um, Bobby Roode, you know, I understand they had to come up to the WWE roster, but still it's like, damn, there's so many guys down there that if they had just stayed there not necessarily for a little bit longer not necessarily bobby i i not that i don't like bobby Roode. no no i'm no but, but what i'm saying is that not you know with like Tommaso Ciampa it's like stay mm-hmm. down there because there's yeah. so many guys that you have the chance right right not, now to work with bobby Roode, uh, and you you brought up shinsuke but what i was going to say is not, not not that i'm not a mark for bobby Roode. i've always liked him but where he is at in WWE, you know, he's he's a tag champ with Chad Gable. When he came to WWE, that's almost what I expected. He he's kind oh, of yeah. he's kind of, you know, he's kind of in the he's kind of in the middle slash to the downfall, not downfall, but downturn of his career. He's older, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The biggest disappointment of the past 5 years is Shinsuke because if you look back to three, four years ago, Shinsuke Nakamura was literally the hottest wrestler in the world. He was he was on the tip of everybody's tongue as the just the best. And he is almost like it and, and anybody that listens to the classic wrestling show knows what a mark I was and am for Shelton Benjamin. But to me, Shinsuke Nakamura is almost as, if not a bigger lost opportunity than Shelton Benjamin was ten years ago. You know, you have that's you, why I'm you have possibly one of the best wrestlers on the planet, and he is just floundering, and he's just another guy, and that's really right. sad. It's I, I, well, I almost it, wish, I almost wish Nakamura would say fuck you and go to AEW. You know, just, and I do too. Just to just not that I wouldn't, not that I don't want him to be in WWE, 
but he is he is criminally misused in WWE. Well, and the thing is that you know, and honestly, it, quite honestly, this is my personal opinion. You know, you, you take somebody like Nakamura, who's been on the main roster for what? How long now? Four years. Three to about four, three to four, three, four years. years. Why wouldn't you take him and move him back down to um, NXT? Take a Bobby Roode where it's like, look, you're just kind of landering right now. Mm-hmm. There's all this talent, all this talent down there that you could work with. Right. Get, let that be their off season where, you know, some of their talent can go down to mm-hmm. NXT for a while. Yeah, I mean, it, just to just to prove what a misused talent Shinsuke is, think about all right. We were just talking about how the Brock Lesnar the Brock Lesnar deal, you know. Although, and it's not to criticize Lesnar. I mean, he is he is a top rung, top one percent athlete. The guy is is one of the best athletes of the past twenty years in this country. He is he is most definitely an attraction, um, but if you would just have Brock Lesnar again, like I said earlier, if you would just have him be an Undertaker type character that comes in around WrestleMania season, heats up for a big match with another big star, and that's it, then Brock Lesnar has served his purpose and is worth every dime you pay him. Yep. And in the meantime. You don't have the fucking title on him. And I just want you to think about this for, for to reflect on the talent of Nakamura. What if what if they wouldn't have dropped the ball on Nakamura and instead of talking about tired old Brock Lesnar's gimmick against Seth Rollins this year at WrestleMania, what if we were talking about a main event at WrestleMania between Seth Rollins and Shinsuke Nakamura? Now I'd pay to see that shit. Mm. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like you, it, it's just the missed opportunities are insane. But see, and that's the problem. If if it was if it was NXT, that's what we would have gotten. If Triple H was there, that's what we would have gotten. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's the sad part about it because the the talent's there. That's the issue. The talent is there. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But, you know, imagine the money. Imagine the money. And it, this is this is my one of my. This is actually. To be honest, my biggest disappointment of last year going into this year. Um, I don't know if I mentioned this on last week's show or not, but the fact that there was, to me personally, there was so much money in leaving Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre together until the Royal Rumble, breaking them up after the Rumble, and blowing that shit off at WrestleMania. With Drew as the face and Dolph as the heel. Mm-hmm. Dolph, the jealous heel of Drew McIntyre. Instead, they broke up, Drew turned heel, joined like a, what, a month-long faction with Baron Corbin and Bobby Lashley, and him and Dolph had two matches on Raw. They never even had a fucking pay-per-view match. What, what? purpose did that serve <laughs> you know well, what i mean it, it, it doesn't serve any purpose and that's the problem is that you know look you you could say what you want to say and quite honestly you know uh, this is a cr- crazy statement but you know these last two or these last few monday night raws and, and smackdowns have been the best of this year oh yeah they haven't been bad 
the past, the past, probably since uh, the Christmas shows were kind of butt. <laughs> but after that, I mean, ever since the new year started up, they they've done some good stuff. Like I thought this year, or this year, this week, starting off with that brawl between Seth Rollins and Bobby Lashley was a nice, fresh thing to do. Absolutely. But see, and there's another guy, Bobby Lashley. Oh God, they just destroy, they just ruined that from the beginning. I, I and I don't get it. I don't. I don't know. Is it that they think that these people aren't going to be around if they're too much of a star? They think that I mean, I just I don't. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't either. Because you have the talent. The talent's there. That's the thing that's frustrating about it. I was talking to a. Uh... A friend of mine that I work with, and I said, you know, you think of you think of a properly done rivalry, real honest to God pro wrestling rivalry between Sami Zayn and Bobby Lashley, and you're like, damn, that sounds like really good. Yep. Instead, I got the whole <laughs> I, I got the whole Bobby Lashley sister thing. And and I felt like, I kind of felt like I got ass raped. <laughs> you know, it's like I feel kind of dirty now. <laughs> yeah, it's like like what, what is this that you gave us? <laughs> I got catfished, man. <laughs> it's just I don't know. It it Vince has got to go, and his his little writing team's got to go. And I hate to say that about Vince McMahon because Vince McMahon's a genius. I don't even want to say Vince McMahon's got to go. No, he needs to have people there that challenge him. Mm -hmm. And he needs to have, he needs to also have wrestling people writing his shows and not TV people. I'm sorry, but you know, the biggest thing is that like with Vince and stuff, you know, you can say he's there and say that he's a genius, which he is. I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here and say that Vince McMahon is not a genius, but he surrounded himself with fucking smart people who knew what the fuck they were doing. Mm-hmm. You know, key key uh, keyword is he surrounded himself originally for the first what thirty years he ran the or twenty five to thirty years he ran the the company. Not just smart people, but he surrounded himself with smart wrestling people. Pat Patterson, Jim Ross, Bruce Pritchard, Michael Hayes. Uh, I mean, even at this point, I'd take Terry Taylor, but it just, he surrounded himself with wrestling people. And then once the attitude era died off and he was the only game in town and he, he had his sights set on, we're not wrestling. We are, we are mainstream entertainment. Then he thinks, well, if I'm mainstream entertainment, I need TV writers. And that's where the problem starts, um, because a guy that writes for Modern Family might write a really good episode of Modern Family, but he doesn't have a goddamn clue how to write professional wrestling. No, and that's the biggest. That's the biggest uh, thing between the two is that yes, wrestling is scripted, and yes, wrestling is a show, but it's not. I mean, it's. So much more than that. I don't know. I uh, it, it gets frustrating, <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, because like you watch NXT and it's so fucking good. Well, 
And it gets it gets extremely frustrating for, and I know you're in the same boat as me, but going back to when I was five years old in 1983, the first wrestling on television memory that I have is it was even before um, Hulk Hulkamania started. Okay, this is the this is the 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 seed that is going to be Hulkamania. I see on TV the Wild Samoans. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't share this a lot, but the first thing that caught my attention on television as in pro wrestling when I was five years old was the Wild Samoans because that shit was crazy. And those guys looked crazy and they kind of scared me a little bit as a five-year-old kid. So I see these wild Samoans, and they are attacking this guy. And, and again, I'm five. I've never watched it before. I don't know what's going on. But they've attacked this guy. And at that time, I didn't know this guy was Bob Backlund. He was the, the champion of the world. And then this guy comes, and he, he, he helps Bob Backlund. And his name's Hulk Hogan. And that was when the craziest thing about it, and I talked to this uh, talk. I actually talked to Hulk Hogan about this when I met him. My first memory of wrestling is Hulk Hogan coming in in the Hulkamania garb in his first appearance back since before I was born. Okay? Well, not probably not since before I was born. But since I was, like, not able to comprehend shit. But anyway, that angle, Hogan saving Backlund and then coming to help Backlund against the Samoans, it captured my attention. It's so simple. It's not complicated. There's not stupid comedy involved. It's just, why does everything have to be stupid fucking comedy? That's another another thing that drives me nuts is they, they just, they want it to be comedy all the time. You know, because you had a few guys that could do comedy. A right. few guys that could actually fucking do it and do it well. Like God the Rock. damn you, Dwayne Johnson. I was about to say that. God damn you, Dwayne Johnson. Or even <laughs> Mankind. Even McFoley. They did it and they did it right. Even Steve Austin could do it mm-hmm. and do it right. And they think, oh, that's where a fucking star's got to be. But it's but it's not because Taker never did comedy. Right. I can't. I can't take. I can't take a character... I can take a character seriously as a comedic character if it's a comedic character. Okay, example. Comedic character that I could take seriously, Al Snow. Because yeah. because Al Snow was a comedic character in a in a collection of other characters that weren't comedic. But when everybody's telling the same stupid jokes and everybody's got the same flippant attitude about competing, it's pretty stupid. I yep. don't know. It's it's it, comedy has its place in wrestling, just like it has its place in everything. Levity has its place in everything. If you if you presented wrestling with no comedy, with no levity, then I would be making the same complaint because I'd be like, God damn, does everybody have to be? You know, like ECW, does everybody have to go through a goddamn table? Does everybody have to bleed? <laughs> you know, you have to find a balance. Right. And, and I don't know. It's just become. <sighs> so let's real quick. Let's talk. We talked um, uh, during the, uh, the original, the regular podcast about Hogan and 
mm-hmm. and everything. But I wanted to touch on him, and then I kind of wanted to touch on SmackDown with Daniel Bryan and John Cena and Becky Lynch. Okay. Well, the um, the SmackDown uh, that was actually going to be the next thing I brought up. I got a little, okay. I got a little long winded there for. No, no, a yeah, absolutely. But um, I thought that. I thought that SmackDown was decent this week, and I I absolutely am all for, as long as it's done right, I am all for Becky Lynch versus Ronda Rousey as the main event at WrestleMania. Because I think that, you know, it's funny... Daniel Bryan's the WWE champion, and Daniel Bryan's one of the best wrestlers in the world, but the biggest star on SmackDown right now is Becky Lynch, hands down. Oh, yeah. Um, and that's a good thing. That's a good thing. I mean, look where we've come with women's wrestling. Um, that's one of the positive things you can say about the past five years is the the advancement of women in, in, in the WWE from from making fat jokes and shit to actually being possibly on the same level or even higher on SmackDown than the men's division. Um, and that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, boy, it just feels like SmackDown is always better than Raw. <laughs> I think so. It's, Maybe it's because it's just two hours, and it's it's two hours, and I I don't know why, but it just doesn't feel like, and and I know he's just as involved, but it just almost doesn't feel like you have as much of Vince's influence on SmackDown, right? Um, but I mean, I thought the sometimes the the seg the what do I want to say? Sometimes the the weeks run together anymore in WWE the way it's written and, and the way everything goes down. But was it this week or last week where they did the segment with Cena and Becky Lynch? I think it was last week. I mean that was that was profound. Yeah, because this week John was on. Raw announcing he's in the Royal Rumble. Yes, yes. And have you seen the meme going around about Cena? Yes. <laughs> For those of you that haven't seen it, look up uh, C- John Cena and Ernest. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just we talked about Cena and it made me think of he really does like a fucking a jacked up Ernest. But anyway, um, he's gonna get a manager named Vern. <laughs> But yeah, I, I mean, I thought the that was that was a couple of weeks ago. I, the Cena, the the thing with John Cena and Becky Lynch, and Cena putting Becky Lynch over, that was fantastic. It didn't hurt Cena at all, and it helped her greatly. That's how you book pro wrestling. Yeah. Daniel Bryan. This is might be controversial. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm, I may be. You said might be controversial, so we may be going in the same direction. But go ahead. At first, I liked what he was doing. Me too. It's kind of getting annoying now. I think we're on the same page. I think we're on the same page. And here's the thing. This is exactly. I think you're on the exact same page I am. 
when I watch, okay, and that's that's something that annoys me sometimes too, and it annoyed me. Remember when they brought in uh, Ruby Riot and her crew, mm-hmm. and then they brought in the little faction on Raw, and they did it on the same week, mm-hmm. and it all seemed like the same writers were writing the same sh- the two shows, and they're just doing the yep. same angle. That's what it felt like this week when they did the fight between Rollins and Lashley on Raw to start off the show. And then they started off SmackDown with Daniel Bryan at the concession stand or whatever. It it was like you can't start on the same week both shows off with the same kind of like uh, we're starting and we didn't know we were starting thing. Then it's not spontaneous anymore. No, it's scripted. Secondly... You are absolutely right about his gimmick. At first, the subtlety of it was really good. And now, they're laying it on too thick. Yep. And it's... it's You're right. It's almost annoying at this point. Like, you're like, I'm not, I'm not annoyed in a heel heat kind of way. I'm annoyed in a stop doing that kind of way. <laughs> I'm... You know, what they should have done was, if they were going to do it, then change his, uh, you know, let him change the WWE championships back. Have the announcers be like, oh, my God, I can't believe, you know. Mm-hmm. Or, ha- or have him subtly say, like, this is, this is pleather. It's fake leather. Because, right. You know. But when you openly have him out there, you know, and he's, you know, saying, like, oh, Americanism and, you know, everybody's about... It's like, God damn it, shut up. Like, that's not what, well, like, I was so happy at, um, it, I was so happy when he turned heel because I was like, cool, he's, you know, this new, he's more vicious, more aggressive. And now all he's doing is bitching about the fucking environment. Right. He's not aggressive. He's not, you know. Yeah, I, I, I think that. It's almost like it's almost like that they're like, oh, this is the this is the CM Punk thing of 2019. We better not fuck this one up. Mm-hmm. And so now they're going overboard. Yeah, it's it's um, I, I yeah I feel it. I was gonna say the exact like I actually have it on my notes right here in front of me. I was gonna say the exact same thing that you're saying, and that he. The gimmick and the the way that they turned his environmentalism and everything as part of his heel gimmick was at first a good thing. Because like I said, it was really subtle, you know, but mm-hmm. it's just, it's kind of like, all right, this is going to be a stupid analogy, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm not... A cake fan. Okay. Okay. Not the band. I really like the band. <laughs> Actual cake. Yeah, Edi- I'm not a big cake guy either. Edible I'm not sure However, I like carrot cake. And the reason I like carrot cake is because usually when they use when they make carrot cake, they put cream cheese frosting on it. And I like cream cheese frosting. So Daniel Bryan is a carrot cake. (laughs) 
He's a vegetarian. We can we can deal with that, right? Yeah. And I've coated this carrot cake in cream cheese frosting. And you know what? I cut a piece off and I was like, God damn, I really like that carrot cake. That's good because of that cream cheese frosting. So the next time I made myself the cake, I put on a lot more cream cheese frosting. Mm. And I ate it. And now I'm like, well, fuck. This is way too sweet for my liking. <laughs> and thick. It's really thick. And now it's kind of globbing up in my mouth. And ugh, I don't know if I like this cream cheese frosting on this carrot cake anymore. I know it's a silly analogy, but that's how I feel about that Daniel Bryan gimmick. It was like, no. you know, it was a good carrot cake when it had a little bit of cream cheese frosting on it. Now it's fucking overkill. And I'm going to have a diabetic fucking stroke. <laughs> well, and that's the thing about, like, Daniel Bryan is not, was not, okay, so, the you know, the perfect, I think that's a perfect analogy because it's kind of like you know cheap snacks versus something fancy yeah too much of a you good thing <laughs> exactly you have something good you're like yeah you know that was delicious i can't wait to have another and then with this it's just you're just fucking handfuls on handfuls in and it's like <laughs> okay it's getting to be a bit much <laughs> Right now, I got diabetes. Like, I am a huge fan of pizza, but I don't want it every night for supper, you know? No. Yeah, I don't want... I, unless I'm hungover, I don't want it in the morning when it's cold. <laughs> right. <laughs> Although they say it is a really good breakfast. It, it might be, but I'm also not fucking 21 anymore. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> I mean, you know, I want, too, I want some too much. Variety. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> 20 years ago, I could eat four pizzas a week. Now it's like I eat one pizza or two pizzas a week, and I'm like, oh, God, I haven't shit for days. <laughs> this year for New Year's, I didn't go out. I stayed in. Oh, I was in bed before the ball dropped. I played Monopoly with the family in one, <laughs> and I had like two beers, and I woke up without a hangover. <laughs> Go figure. Oh, it was it was fucking glorious. What a great beginning to 2019. No, no, I'm no, you. no hangover. Well, was there anything else you had before we wrap this this up? Well, how long do you think before Impact Wrestling starts trying to copy AEW? How long do you think before Impact? There's still an Impact Wrestling. Um, how long do you think before Impact Wrestling just doesn't exist anymore? If they're smart, I mean they're on the paint dry channel or whatever it is now. Yeah, I I I don't know. I to be honest with you, I gave up. I gave up on God. I gave up on that company. I mean, I gave up on that company before Alberto Del Rio was there. So I mean, I you know just, what you know what made me give up on their relaunch and everything. Was, was when they hired Bruce Pritchard. Mm-hmm. Then they fired Bruce Pritchard. <laughs> they hired Jim Cornette. They fired Jim. They, yeah. Or, or Jim it's Cornette like, said, fuck you guys, and left, or whatever happened. The fact that they had the Hardys and said, hey, we aren't going to pay you what you're asking for because we can get wrestlers anywhere. Right. It's like, oh, that's that's the big thing about AEW is you got a guy that's like, no, I know what they're worth. So 
Not a very good business decision, gentlemen. No. Um, the only other thing I got is right now, who do you think wins the Royal Rumble? Seth Rollins. Think Seth Rollins wins it? Yeah. I don't I don't think that anybody else is um is obvious. And I think Seth is the only obvious one. Um, See, and I think I, that I, I think that any legacy guys that come in, like example, I almost am positive Batista will be at the Royal Rumble. No, oh, but yeah. I don't see Batista getting a title shot at WrestleMania, so I don't see him winning the Rumble. And and that's another problem WWE has right now is because of the way they book, <clears throat> they don't have enough guys that are over that could win the Royal Rumble. As an example, I want to use an example of, like, let's say, although it's one of my favorite Rumbles ever, you look at the 1997 Royal Rumble. Or even the 1990... Let's say the 1995 Royal Rumble. The only person... that was going to win the 1995 Royal Rumble was Shawn Michaels. Because um, Mantar's not going to win the Royal Rumble. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's there's not, a, there's not a field of guys that are over enough where there are a multitude of possibilities like there were 15 years ago. Right. <clears throat> See, I don't think... I think that Seth Rollins is going to be fighting Dean Ambrose. I think Mania? that's going to be the big one. At Mania? Yeah. I don't. I think that this year you're going to see Drew McIntyre win. I hope so. I would love for because Drew McIntyre to win. the last few years it's been a babyface that's won it. Mm-hmm. It's been a while since we had a heel win. I just... I I Okay. I would love for your prediction to be right. But I don't think... For a couple of reasons. First, obviously, they don't want Drew to be a babyface because they would have made him the babyface in the Dolph Ziggler feud. And I almost have this feeling that because of what we saw on Raw this week, that they may or may not be going with Cena and Drew McIntyre at Mania now that the Lars Sullivan thing's on hold. This is true, too. Um, and also... I don't see Strowman beating Brock. And the big rumored match is Brock and Rollins. And that's why I lean toward Rollins, because then you look on the SmackDown side, and with the fact that Daniel Bryan has already wrestled AJ Styles, and much like Raw, they've booked everybody else so poorly that, I mean, I don't even know who AJ Styles, or who Daniel Bryan faces at WrestleMania. Other than if my Batista thing is the is the idea. So you could have a Batista win at the Rumble. But I still think it's going to be Seth Rollins. I think this is going to be one of those years where the winner is the winner you thought it was going to be from the beginning. Like when Shawn Michaels won in 95. Or when Shawn Michaels won in 96. Or when uh, Stone Cold won in 98. It's just one of those ones I think is kind of a foregone conclusion. Um. But the Mania card, other than that, to me, is one of the intriguing ones of the past few years because I really don't know where they're going with a lot of things. So, 
yeah, Mania is definitely up in the um, up in the air. It's like Dusty Rhodes would say, Mania is in the stratosphere, if you will. I wish Dusty Rhodes wasn't dead. But anyway. <laughs> I don't know. I, I do. I just, I think Seth Rollins, I know. So you still going Drew McIntyre after, even after I pled my case? I mean, again, I hope you're right. I'm a huge Drew McIntyre mark. I would love Drew McIntyre to win I just, the Royal I don't see. See what I see. What I can see them doing is okay. Braun Strowman's going to lose at Rumble. He better now. Okay. <laughs> so let's say, let's say Drew McIntyre or Jesus Christ. All right. Let's say um, Braun Strowman loses. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So we kind of have a feeling of what we're going with SmackDown. Right. I mean, you can kind of feel and tell where they're going. I think that at meaning you're going to see maybe a triple threat for the WWE championship, which I'm never a big fan of. I'm not, not at mania, not at mania. Any other, any other time it is what it is. I'm fine with it. But at mania, I I prefer a one-on-one, you know, just mono imano match for the title to end the year. You know, or but whatever. There's three guys that have been kind of fighting for the title, and that's Mustafa Ali, AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan. Mm-hmm. I got a feeling that's going to be your uh, your triple threat because the three of them haven't touched yet. Right, and Mustafa Together. Mustafa Ali has defeated Daniel Bryan. Exactly. <laughs> so that leaves okay. So let's say Strowman loses. Mm-hmm. All right. So, if Strowman loses, they're going to have to do something for the Elimination Chamber. Right. Okay. So, in the Elimination Chamber, do you have Brock lose the title in the Elimination Chamber and give it to Seth then? And then you go on to WrestleMania. Because the thing is that Brock may not be at Mania. Right. Well, and if you're booking Seth Rollins and Drew McIntyre in your WrestleMania, <clears throat> then you would get my money. Because I'd be like, take my money. Take it. Take it. Take my fucking money. Because <laughs> that would be a fantastic main event for WrestleMania. Because I just don't I, see I, them. I mean, I look at Drew McIntyre and Seth Rollins, and I see I see the future of wrestling. I do, too. You know? And I just don't see Vince McMahon letting Seth Rollins beat Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. You know... If Daniel Bryan couldn't do it. Right. And honestly, we've seen Brock Lesnar in the main event how many of the last few years. It, you know, I'm sorry, especially with everything going down the way it went down with this whole, you know, we're sorry and we want to give you fans what you want. Does anybody at Mania really want to see fucking Suplex City anymore? <laughs> Not or do much. you want to see a competitive match? Right. And honestly, honestly, if you're going to have Hunter versus Batista and and Mania, and you're going to have, I just, I really, truly think that they're going to go younger this year at Mania. Well, and I wouldn't even be, 
I know I keep mentioning Batista and Daniel Bryan, and I wouldn't even be bringing that up because, you know, the foregone conclusion was Hunter and Batista. So I wasn't even thinking about Batista and Daniel Bryan. What got me thinking about Batista and Daniel Bryan was the fact that Hunter got that injury and now it's up in the air whether he'll be able to wrestle at Mania or not. So that that's another factor that to me is kind of dancing in the air there is is if Hunter's not going to be ready for Mania, you've got to have a slot for Batista. Right. Because if you but <laughs> If you if, if if the rumors are true and they've already got this deal with Batista that he's going to be at WrestleMania, you can't just you know what I mean. You can't just throw him into another match or whatever. He has to be in a high profile thing, especially since he's not as big a star as The Rock in Hollywood, but he is a big Hollywood star now. So obviously, you want to have something big in the works for him at WrestleMania. Well, and the big thing to me is. You know, Brock's probably going to be leaving here soon. Yes. Okay, so they need somebody big. They need somebody good. Drew McIntyre fits that goal. Absolutely. So what if, so what if they, they Drew McIntyre have... checks every box. <laughs> exactly. So what happens if they have Brock lose at Elimination Chamber? And it's a screw away. He goes away. And then he comes back in the summer at SummerSlam. And is like, I was never beat for that title. Right. I got screwed out. And then you have Drew McIntyre versus Brock Lesnar. And Drew beats him. You have just built yourself a huge, huge star. Yes, absolutely. I just, I don't see them right now in Mania giving that Seth Rollins where he beats Brock Lesnar because Seth doesn't need it. Mm -hmm. Brock doesn't need to be beat one-on-one clean. Not yet. Well, I hope... I like your scenario better than, and and not to say Brock and, and Seth would be a bad match, but I like your scenario better just from a story perspective and and kind of moving. I don't I don't like to I don't like to get too hady about Brock Lesnar because I do like Brock Lesnar as an attraction, um, but kind of moving just anything to move. All I want is for Brock not to have that belt. Well, and that's the big thing, too, because coming out of meaning, you have to have something. Right. Because Brock's leaving. Okay, so let's say Brock leaves, and I know we're going long here, but let's say Brock leaves. He drops it to Seth Rollins, then what? Nobody's ready to face Seth. Mm-hmm. Other, now, than, if you, other than Drew. Well, but I'm saying, though, even Drew at that point, it's like, does he really seem like he well, is a threat? And here, here's the, well, okay, here's the argument I'll make just to play devil's advocate. All right. So I'm going to book, I'm going to book Seth. I'm going to book kind of what I was talking about earlier. I'm going to book Seth Rollins versus, and, and here you go. Now you trigger, remember, remember the new generation. Now, let me try to trigger that with my mania, okay? I'm going to book Seth to win the Rumble, which is predictable, I know. But he's a fantastic performer. And he's probably the best. (sighs) There's a lot of good wrestlers in the WWE. Seth Rollins is probably the best for the WWE because not only is he a fantastic wrestler, but Seth Rollins is very WWE, if that makes sense. 
But anyway, okay, so I have Seth versus Brock because Seth wins the Rumble. Um, And then I book, like I said earlier, I book Drew McIntyre and John Cena. And at Mania, I have Drew McIntyre beat John Cena and even as a heel, he beats John Cena clean. And we all know John Cena does not mind doing a job. So I think he'd go for that. Drew beats Cena clean. Seth beats Lesnar for the title. Now you have your money. Because now you have two guys who just beat those two former top guys. We've moved on. Brock goes off to UFC. Cena goes back to Hollywood. They're gone. Now you've set up Drew McIntyre. Not immediately. But he beat John Cena at WrestleMania, remember? So now you heat up Drew McIntyre and you have him beat some guys like a Rey Mysterio. Or, you know, he feuds with Rey Mysterio, beats Rey Mysterio. He feuds with... with um, uh, I'm trying to think of some other baby faces. Elias, he beats Elias. He feuds with Finn Balor. He beats Finn Balor again, et cetera, et cetera. You heat him up in the, as the heel, and you have Seth as a defending babyface champion. Now, you could just go to SummerSlam. Personally, I'd go to the next WrestleMania season. Seth Rollins and Drew McIntyre is your new Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. Now... <laughs> I think I think my idea is plausible, and I think it would be good. But would they but do it? <laughs> and that's the biggest thing. And I know that we're playing, you know, what ifs. Fantasy but to me, Booker. okay, if you have Seth Rollins beat Brock Lesnar, that negates Samoa Joe, Braun Strowman, mm-hmm. Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, anybody who could not beat Brock Lesnar. But that's okay. But see, that's the problem. And the reason I, but the reason I say that's okay is, you've done that already. Okay, you've already done it. You can't go back in the past and say and take any of that back. So that's okay, if I'm building toward WrestleMania 36 and my new generation of Drew McIntyre and Seth Rollins, that. It's okay that Seth is the guy that beat Brock because Seth is my top babyface, and that's the point. Right. And I'm not. I, I'm not necessarily saying that it's. What do I want to say? I'm not necessarily saying it's the right choice, but I'm saying it's the choice you make because you've already done all this shit in the past. You can't go back on it. Right. So but that's why I'm saying if Brock loses in a funky way. Yeah, I, and, and that's my that that would be another caveat of the way I'm booking this is. When I get to Mania, when I have Seth versus Brock and Drew versus Cena, Seth beats Brock one, two, three, no, no chicanery whatsoever. Drew beats Cena one, two, three, doesn't even cheat. They both have to win clean against the old guard. That has to happen for this to work. You, you essentially you're saying this is. And then, you know, another cool caveat of that could be McIntyre beats Cena, Seth beats Brock. You've got these two guys that are on the rise. They just beat the old guys. So now you finally made 
the McMahons have finally made true on their promise of we're going to give you new matchups, fresh matchups, a new WWE that they made back in December and haven't fucking delivered on yet. Right. Because <laughs> they made that promise a month ago and nothing's changed on the show. <laughs> no. You know. I will say this. I'm putting my money down that the last two in the ring at the Royal Rumble this year is going to be Seth Rollins and Drew McIntyre. I oh. think they will be the last two. I, I almost, I'm on, the, I'm absolute, the way you and I book it is different, but I'm absolutely agree, in agreement with you on that. That That's, I, that's a, that's a no brainer. If they don't do that, and it's stupid. <laughs> yeah. It's going to come down to that. And it's going to be, it's going to be interesting because like I said, it could go either way. Cause it I think, well, I think either, either your way or my way is great. And I just hope they pick one of them. And I think Seth is going to, I truly believe Seth is going to be early in the Rumble and he's going to go the distance and you're going to have Drew be like number 30 or something. Right. To play the heel role. Yeah. Exactly. It's going to come down to those two. Well, I hope so. No matter, no matter whether they go your may, your way, my way, or fucking their way. <laughs> I hope we're right. Their way is that they both win. Yes. <laughs> and then next on Monday night we get a text in and, and vote for who we thought won. <laughs> the anonymous the anonymous raw general manager makes his return and makes the oh, decision. <laughs> All right, wrestling fans. I hope you have enjoyed this edition of the modern product edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Kyle, anything else you want to say to listeners before we sign off for the evening? Nope. Uh, send us send us your guys' emails. Tell us who you think is going to win the Royal Rumble. Tell us who you thinks you know, what's your WrestleMania matches? What's the matches you want to see? And I do get um, I do get the emails that the listeners send. I have a few questions in the email that um, I might spring on you and Aaron in the next uh, podcast. Because I do good. get those, and, and guys, I have it connected to my personal email, so it's not like it's an email that I have to check... Um, but like, remember to check. My phone tells me if you email us, so please do send us your feedback. Send us any questions you have. The email address is we can't wrestle at gmail.com. Very simple. And also, you can join us again on our Facebook page and um, all that good stuff. So, Oh, and don't forget, I believe, and if we're not edited this out, but I believe for Royal Rumble, we're going to be going live. We are going to as long as my real life work schedule permits. Yes. That is the plan. That is the plan. I actually, my plan is hopefully, hopefully, and if it's not at Rumble, then I will postpone it to Mania. But I'm hoping it's Rumble. My plan is for that to be the debut of our YouTube page. So, yep. So if, if that works out, come and watch Royal Rumble with us. Yes. And listen to us belch and fart and laugh. Because I'm I'm sure that what we'll do is we'll have like the laptop or something set up where we can live chat with you guys. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And talk with you. And it's going to be fun. You'll get to see our ugly bugs. Yes. <laughs> and listen to Aaron. I'm much, I'm much fatter in person. Listen. <laughs> and listen to Aaron bitch about the modern product. So. <laughs> 
Thank you for joining us, listeners, on the We Can't Wrestle podcast, modern product edition for this week. We'll see you next week for sure. And um, we hope everyone has a great week. And enjoy your week, wrestling fans. And hopefully where you are, there isn't 17 feet of snow.